0: Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilbur, and I'm excited to be with you today. I am doing this episode. and You'll hear some what I will call the patina of this episode is the background sounds that you will hear because we are actually in a live construction environment. I'm physically in what will be the new location for Chef Matt Cooper's new restaurant, Conifer. And Matt was kind enough to connect with me. He's been a previous guest on the podcast. You can check out episode 28. And that's when he and I sat down. And it was the first time that I actually sat down with a local chef here in Northwest Arkansas. I've, I've had several on the podcast since then, but. Matt's become a really good friend, and, and I'm thankful to count on him as as someone that I reach out to to connect with on a regular basis and just just an interesting person. But without further ado, I want to welcome Chef Matt Cooper back to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. How are you?
2: Good. So glad to be back. It's good to see you.
0: Man, it's it's good to be seen. That's for sure. Right. A, a lot's happened since the last time that we so sat much. down and, yeah. and did a podcast. At that time, you were the founder and chef of the Preacher's Son and that you were right there right off the square in Bentonville and now over a couple of years later you are now in the, on the right about to open a brand new restaurant in downtown Bentonville called Conifer. Yeah. That's exciting. Pretty excited. Yeah. yeah really excited actually. Oh, uh, so listen, for those that don't know who who Chef Matt Cooper is, why don't you give us the quick cliff note version? of you and, and just a little bit about your background and your culinary chops.
2: All right. So, uh, well, I grew up in Arkansas with a, a family of, on my mother's side of the family, we all food technologists, Eminem Mars, Riceland Foods. Um, my grandfather started the food technology program at Texas or at Texas A&M and at U of A. So foods and science has always kind of been a part of my life. And then m- my father side of the family were all ministers, Methodist ministers. So father, grandfather and great grandfather, hence one of the reasons that I uh, was previously the, uh, the Chef of the preacher's son, but you know my culinary journey has always been one rooted in family and 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 bringing people together. you know, we never ate out a lot growing up, so I really grew up in this environment in which every time food was surrounded by us, it was because we were coming together as a family, whether we were talking about the day or whether we were talking about what's going on in our lives. like food was always present, so it was the one tie that kind of bound. you know what I mean. My culinary journey kind of evolved i was I was pre-med in college trying to meet the expectations of my family, you know, um, and you know, over, I think i cooking my, my way through that as well, being in Austin, Texas, when I was there for a little while. And then, uh, finally just my, you know, my wife it was my girlfriend then was, you know, she finally said, you know, let's just, just, you want to cook, let's, let's cook. So I went, we moved to Portland, Oregon, where my, actually my mother was from. And we spent about eight years out there, I guess. And I went to school up there, got my, got my degree and then moved back to Arkansas. And I've been just really trying to bring the environment of the Pacific Northwest and everything that I learned there and bring it back here as far as sustainability, as far as really developing the relationships between farmers and, and their journeys and how that ties with the community and, and local chefs and, and that relationship. So I was in Little Rock for a little while, helped open a restaurant called Cash Restaurant and then moved up here to open the Preacher Sun in 2015. And it took about two years to build, and then I ran that for about four years and then about a year and a half ago, I decided it was time I'd gotten the preacher's son to a really amazing space, and it was always my intention to be able to help build this community and develop it more because I feel like I am much more than a chef you know thank thank goodness I can cook a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm a humanitarian at heart, and i really and I really believe in building communities and that's that's where my passion's rooted and developing and developing other humans so so that's so that's where we are you know we i i been busier than I've ever been my entire life. The past year and a half cooked on the east coast for an entire summer and really got to dive into the cuisine there and and people there and that was amazing and then I've just been building the restaurant ever since. So yeah. we're, we're that's that's where we are right now.
0: Well, and I'd I'd love to just dive into that because I actually got a kind of a first-hand glimpse of your experience on the east coast. Yeah. I thought that was interesting between your boating experience and the cooking. You seem to have shared uh, throughout on uh, social media. You seem to have shared throughout a lot of the stuff that you were doing during that time, and so I'd love for you just to kind of share what just what that experience was like. Being, um, I, I believe, you were a private chef there in uh, on the East Coast, and and how did that expand your capabilities and skill set, if at all?
2: So it was a really amazing experience. Uh, probably not something that I would do again unless it was for the people that I did it for. Sure. Because we're we're like family now and I just I respect them more. So it's just an amazing, amazing people. But I got an opportunity to go there and and I cooked all over the it was we were in uh Sagaponic and um, a, it was just a completely a Long different Long Island. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just a completely a different experience. And I'd been there once before and it was it was just really neat to be able to what the entire summer did was reinforce my viewpoints on how and what I want to cook. Yeah. Like every single day I was, I went to different farm stands every single day along the water and, in town and developed these relationships and, and where it was able to go back and use all local ingredients. That's just everything that I used was there and it was all summer long. So it was just this creatively, I was pushed every single day because every every lunch, every dinner had to be something different and it had to be fresh and it had to be from where it was and I didn't have a restaurant to pull from and all these things. So it was like, you know, it was it was very taxing and very exhausting. And then but it was such a rewarding experience because well again, the people that you cook for and that experience that you share between yourself, you know, between each other is is really important. That's why I love Bentonville so much. I love the support and I love the community. That this community brings, yeah. I really, I really do, you know. And I, I just have to say it that I've, you know, the support that I've received in this community has been just is phenomenal, and and I can't, I can't say how much I appreciate that enough. But the East Coast was amazing. I mean, it was, and then I, and the little bit of time that I had, I always wanted to do marine biology as well, and sailing's a big part of that. So uh, I got every certification that I could possibly get from the school <laughs> in my spare time, and I can now charter a boat anywhere I want to go in the world.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Every time I looked up, you were like somewhere on a boat. And I know you told me a couple of stories about some harrowing experiences yeah. on a boat that were challenging.
2: The last day was really tricky. It was the day before <laughs> I came back and I just wanted to go out one more time. And we looked at everything we were supposed to look at. And there was like, the wind was nothing. Like it was, wasn't there at all. And they were, you know, I was talking to the guys at the sailing place and you know, I'd gotten to where I was sailing, you know, like a, a 35, 36 foot boat by myself. Right. Uh, which is not something I normally let do, but uh, you know I'm a, I'm pretty decent, so it was they they let me do it, which was amazing and and the winds that day I got out of the bay and they just came out of nowhere. I mean this this is what happens, right? And so it was definitely a uh, it was definitely a, a maturing and um, <laughs> eye eye opening experience. It was about an hour of trying to get the boat under control. Yeah, and I knew what to do, I knew how to do it, but I mean nature is such a an amazing thing, and 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 no one really. No one enjoys sailing yeah. in like twenty, twenty-five knots of wind. It was it was pretty especially by yourself on a nineteen seventy-nine, you know, Catalina with like no way to like hold the hold the steering to get up to the to the mast and everything. So it was it was it was intense. Um, but I got it under control and we got back and you know it it was it it was it was really nice. They asked me when I got back, they were like, Oh my god, like you think you'll sail again? I was like, Absolutely, I just won't. I won't do it by myself like that.
0: Right, right. But
2: yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a, a great experience. But the summer really solidified that how I want to cook and my thoughts and viewpoints on community and how I build everything from my menu to how I shop to how I interact with farmers and people in the community it just solidified it and it was so refreshing yeah it was so refreshing yeah Yeah.
0: no i love hearing that and and i mean you've you've taken you were kind enough to give me kind of a behind the scenes tour of what will be conifer what will be this new location and it seems to be really thoughtfully put together yeah everything from the bar to the open space to the the wood 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 burning stove It's a wood-burning stove, right? Yes. So, it's a dual radiant gas. Okay.
2: We did that for a few reasons. One, the consistency and the ability to be able to like cook a lot of things Mm -hmm. out of that oven. A lot of our cooking will be done out of that fire deck oven. But it it just gives us the, the
0: the versatility. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then you've got... I mean, you've got... It's just... It's perfectly laid out. And because of your experience and background being in multiple restaurants, you've pretty much designed this to kind of work perfectly...
2: Yeah. Right. So the main, That's focal the, idea. Point, yeah, the main focal point of the entire restaurant is the kitchen. Okay. Right. And it, the, the restaurant is 100% open. So you see everything. Like when you walk in the door, you see the entire kitchen, you see the entire bar. There's nowhere for anyone to hide. I'm sure my, my servers would love that. There's nowhere <laughs> for my servers to hide. But yeah, it's the it's culmination of 20 plus years of, of me cooking and building restaurants and, and doing these things and saying, you know, there's not an inch of wasted space. Yeah. You know, it's stacked in there, you know. But yeah, it's I'm very grateful for this process. And again, this entire project has been a community a community project. Like the the people reached out to me when they were building before the building was even built to talk about the possibilities of what they wanted me to do and they wanted me as the chef to do something here and it fit with my dream and they helped that become a reality. You know, I'm I'm very pleased to be the only owner. Like it's it's my restaurant. I have sole ownership, which is Really amazing when you're talking, be able to, to push these these boundaries and and have the ability to do whatever you want, whenever you want, so that you can pass or fail on your own. You know, and I love that. I think all chefs have control issues, so it's really good to be able to to do that. And then, yeah, it's just a really unique experience. Like you know, the woodworking that we're doing, we're using American Estates to help build our our tables. We're using Timbernac to build some of the beautiful wood features in the space. We're using Rainy Bray at the Fifth Street Studio to make some of our plates. You know. The list just goes on and on and on. And we really wanted to, again, tie the community together, you know, and, and the little thing that ties it just it makes it just me so passionate about it is like the little 200 square foot farm stand that we'll have yeah. next to the restaurant that'll support all local farmers like year round and be accessible to the tenants of the building 24-7. Yeah. So it's just like if you went out to an urban, or an urban farm and there was a farm stand, you walk in, you get your stuff. You bring it up on the kiosk and you get out. It allows us to to support all those smaller farmers in the restaurant that might not be able to provide us with enough things that we need, but we can use all those things as specials. We can provide visibility to them through the customers that come in and slowly build them up. I mean, it fits all the boxes for me as far as like helping do what I can in this community to be a better part of it. Yeah. While providing hopefully a great place for people to eat. And the location is perfect. I mean, you we, we are right on... This is 2nd? We are right on Central Avenue. It's on Central Avenue, yeah. Yeah. right. So, the right address is on 2nd uh, because that's where the building is. But we're right on Central Avenue. Our patio, you can literally bike onto our patio. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And, then, and we're right there at Overlook Central Avenue. I mean, we're the first... We'll be the first restaurant that you see on the left driving into downtown.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine... I mean, you're going to have at least... A number of seats on the inside, but you also have seating on the outside. Yeah. So this is gonna be kind of a, a multi a multivariant way of, of people experiencing this restaurant. Oh both absolutely. indoor and outdoor. Yeah.
2: So the entire front of the restaurant is all glass, all windows. So the nature brings right in. And you'll notice when you see the space that the color and the design. You know, we got I got and again with the collaboration, the community, I got Buff Studios. Katie Brewer's a, a really good friend of mine. She's up been our architect. And uh, I love when people are like, Who designed the restaurant? And I'm like no, it's, uh, it was, it was myself and Katie, um, <laughs> a collaboration. And, and then, yeah. And then I had, you know, I had some other friends that are, you know, that are really good friends that I'm like, Hey, listen, I need, I need your help with design. Or, you know, we had Justine Beach, who, uh, is an amazing artist in town. She did our logo and sure. she did everything like that. And, you know, her husband, uh, Jeffrey Beach was my executive sous chef at Preacher's Son and is now going on to be an exec, has been an executive chef at Cafe Luis and, and moving on to do some, you know, some really cool things. So it's, you know, I love being able to pull all these creative humans, and it just reinforced again from what I did in the summer and then my entire career and how I mentor my my people. That when you trust people to do a job and help you grow, then if you give them your trust, I, I just I truly believe that you're never gonna you're never gonna be one hundred percent disappointed. You're just not. That's yeah. that's how we all evolve and grow together. I know it's this thing that I keep saying over and over. And even the ones that I don't know, and I want to learn, evolve and grow
0: with them. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's almost Um, like you've manifested it. It's it's not. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. Absolutely. It's not
2: about me. It's about us. Right. And it has to be about us. If we're going to push this community forward, if we're going to push ourselves forward, in this ever-changing world of of whatever it is, every single day, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I know. Yeah, no, it's very much. I mean, that's literally the definition of what conifer is. It's planting the seeds of community. I mean, it can go even deeper than that, but yeah. um, it's being able to to realize that like we have to nurture individual people so that we can all learn, evolve, and grow together. You know.
0: No, I, I love that. Actually, you you just gave me my title: planting the seeds of community. So. Yeah. But no, I, I, you know, again, I remember when you first told me about it, you were like, keep this hush hush, keep yeah. this on the DL, but here's what I'm planning. And I was so excited because I was blown away by your menu and your food over at Preacher's Son, And and also for a lot of people that are for the uninitiated, you've created a number of menus that are totally open for people that are gluten intolerant.
2: Yeah. So and the, that's so been rest- a big deal for no, you. Absolutely. And this restaurant will be, you know, this restaurant will be 100% gluten free. I'm celiac. so you know, we'll cater, we will try to cater more than others, hopefully to all people with dietary restrictions, especially those who are, who are celiac. And, you know, we're just, you know, we're really trying to do the best we can for, you know, cause th- that's the whole point. Like, again, it goes back to the community thing. Sure. Like if the community doesn't have a gluten-free restaurant or place that can, where all these, where a lot of people can't eat, then I'd be silly not to like try to provide that for the community, you know. Yeah. And that's I I can't eat anywhere either. My best friends are are chefs all over the city, and I think a few friends have seen me helping Chef Michael Robert Shaw at, at Pizzeria Ruby for a second, you know. And it's like it's hard, and I, I, you know, and I wanna I wanna do that, but you know, it it's getting harder and harder for me
0: to be able to do that. I so I just can't even be around it anymore. So. Yeah, no, I totally understand that, and it's just. I mean, you know, everybody's going to have different preferences and then also certain requirements. I mean, people with celiac, I mean, they have to eat a certain way. I mean, it's not like an option. Whereas some days, you know, some people that just decide to go to be gluten-free can do that for a season. right? And there's a difference between people that have to eat that way all the time. Yeah. I I
2: just, I I can't. It has gotten, it has progressed. I've actually been, you know, I've something happened about, you know, nine weeks ago and, and, uh, who knows? Yeah. You know, I and and just it I'm I'm still not recovered from sure. it. Sure. You know, I sure. mean I'm healthy, I'm great, but the, I'm still not recovered from that. You right. just the older you get to it, just the the worse it gets. So it it is different. And it's it's hard understanding that it's yeah. hard for people to understand that. They're like, it's not this is not something I want. This is right. not something I'm doing for a bad. It's <laughs> like I literally can't have a speck. It yeah. just it your body, it's you know, it's an autoimmune disorder. It's actually listed as the on uh National National Disability Act now. So, okay. um okay. it's considered considered that. So it's a, it's a huge thing. Yeah. And it's not going away. Right. Like what we've right. done to our food and what we've done to wheat, you know, it's not going away. So we have to be very cognizant about everything from how we source things and stuff like that. And again, I think I said this when when I was at Preacher's, like, you know, this all it means is that we have to source our products from better companies that understand where they're sourcing their products from. Sure, Yeah. So it's that trickle down effect or trickle up.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's awesome. So any chance you can give our listeners kind of a... An idea without you committing to any particular menu, but what types of food can we expect here at Conifer with some regularity? Yeah, so this is always like
2: it's a hard question for me. (laughs) It's like what what kind
0: of restaurants are going to be?
2: You know, I would say that people people are used to a style of food that I cook, and I would say that you know we're going to continue with that in an evolved in an evolved way. So you're going to see a lot of the influence of where I've cooked in the past, you're going to see a lot of Pacific Northwest represented here. You're going to see a lot of amazing seafood coming, you know, out of the water to us the next day. You know, you're going to see obviously the support of all the local farmers that we can and, and try to grow them. You know, we're going to do our best. You know, everybody says they're going to do their best and we are, we're going to, we're going to do our best. You know, we're going to source what we can and the rest we're going to source as sustainably as we can. And, uh, you know, that could be, you know, an amazing whole roasted, Wood fired primal steak in in the oven, or it could you know mean all the other little produce and specials. Like our menu will change seasonally and hyper seasonally. We have the ability to do that and the ability to change it daily if we want to. If if one of my guys calls and says, hey, I've got I've got these amazing Romanesco cauliflower, and it's in this I didn't get very much yield, but I've got twenty heads. Then we'll just we'll bring it in. We'll run a special on that, and we'll highlight the creativity of the local farmers that is happening and the evolution of their growth and stuff like that. So yeah. you're going to see a lot of things that you're used to. You're, you know, I'm sure Nokia will be on the menu at some point. I'm sure you might see some chicken meatballs, which I know people want to see at some <laughs> point. But again, all those things that people love were born out of a necessity to help local farmers, the chicken meatballs. so sure. That was born out of necessity because Spence over at Across the Creek Farms, like everybody was buying chicken breasts and stuff like that. And I was like, well, what do you, what do you need me to buy? He was like, I need you to buy ground. Oh, okay. You know? So that's a perfect example of like the conversation that we try to have. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and putting away maybe maybe a little bit of my creativity on the forefront and creating it on the aft front and being able to like say, Oh, well, this is this is what you need me to do. Let's let's figure out how we can do that. And I have an amazing team of people that want to push the envelope on all those aspects and yeah. really not falter away from what our vision is. You know? Yeah. So I'm really happy about that. So you'll see like Fresh halibut, what's in it when it's in season? Coming down with like all the heirloom tomatoes from Rio's Farms. You'll see steak from our farms, hopefully, who I've been working with on a few big, huge events. And that's another thing. Like even when I've been gone, you know, I've been pouring my heart and soul into all these events and things like that. And and like I said, been able to do. I've done more community events in the past year and a half than I have done in six years. Yeah, you know, just
0: yeah, you, just you've boom, been boom, you've boom. been everywhere. I mean, yeah. you were just. I I just had some amazing soup that you made for the uh soup sunday event for yeah. the Arkansas Family and yeah, Children That was
2: that was great. My that, daughter and I do that every single year and and it's something that she really looks forward to listen, so I, it just you you it killed
0: better. it with the fat top farm mushrooms yeah. and I mean it was it was insanely good. Yeah. I had to have that a few times so yeah, but I enjoyed that. And and I mean you've done that with other programs. I mean you participate in the Roots Festival every year. You've done a number of I mean every time I look up I see you somewhere at an event and I know that whatever you're making is going to be good. Yeah, and, this and,
2: this this week. In fact, we're doing the event for Theater Squared. Oh, right, at the Federal right. Public yeah, Library. Yeah. yeah, for
0: about 800 people, I yeah. sold
2: out. Pretty excited about that. That's a great, great facility, and a great, great thing to to support. And, and that uh, facility has a great kitchen. Oh my god!
0: Yeah, yeah. It's gonna, and it's gonna
2: be it's gonna be super fun. And then we've got you know coming up uh, May 25th. I think we've got the chefs in the garden event coming right, up that right. we're doing where I'm, I'm going to be the featured chef for that and, and, and helping out and, you know, just being able to do all those things that I, you know, that I either didn't have time to do or cause preaching them was too busy or, or not, you know, yeah, for one way or another, not being able to do it. So I'm just really grateful. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the community support. I'm grateful for being able to, have the time and and mental and physical energy to be able to do these things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So So tell me, you know, and and I'll ask this, I think you are certainly somebody that is capable of answering this, but somebody listening to this podcast that's possibly coming to Northwest Arkansas, maybe to live, maybe to visit, what can they expect from the cuisine here in Northwest Arkansas? Because I think people would be surprised.
2: Oh, I think so too. So the cuisine here has definitely evolved so much in the last six years from when, or seven, I guess now, since I moved here. And it's because of the mentality of the people that live in this area, from the chefs to people building things to the business owners. It's just, there's this innovative, evolutionary behavior and thought process to making this the best place to live. And it's really, really cool that we can do that. And I think that's what speaks to the success of that. I mean, the perfect example is what I, and what I used to say, and it still stands true is when I was, when I was asked to move up here, you know, I was in Little Rock, I'd built a restaurant just a year earlier and, and they're like, you just got to come up here. right? You're like, you just got to come up here and look, we want you to open this restaurant. Come see for yourself. Come see for yourself. And I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, I'll just come up there. So I came up and I was like, oh my God, this is not, cause I was born near this area. And I was like, this is not the Bentonville that I remember when I lived in Rogers 20 years ago. Before I moved to Austin, or when I moved back from Austin, and uh, I was just floored. And you know, you, Matt McClure was here. You had Rob Nelson at Tuscan Trotter. You had Luke Wetzel was about a year probably from opening Oven and Tap with Molly. And was and Jason Paul here then? Jason, Jason Paul, I think he was here. But the Heirloom, I don't, I don't, don't think it was open. I don't think then. it was open yeah. quite yet. Yeah. And then you know, I, I I just decided I was like, I gotta I gotta be up here. Not only for, not only for the for what was happening, and I saw. I mean, I could just feel the energy of this place, and said this is where I want to be. You know, this is where I want to be. And this, I think I can make a difference. And that's, again, that community minded spirit has what's driven me to go everywhere I've gone. Like if I'm not needed, then I will move on to the next thing. Sure, Because it's not necessarily about having this restaurant or doing things like that. It's like, am I fitting a need for this community? Yeah. And if I believe that, then that's what I'm going to be. And I'll continue to doing it as long as I do. And then I'll go and do something else when it's time to do that. So I think it's been really, it's been really great. But the mentality of the people here is just to constantly make this place better, a better environment for all people to be here, you know, and inclusive. And it's just, it's really uplifting and and honestly, really motivating. I think that that mentality transpires through, through almost everyone here, yeah, you know, yeah. which is why we see all these amazing things happening. We see these live workspaces popping up everywhere. Yeah. You know, I have a friend that lived in Portland that she just moved, she just moved back or didn't move back, but she moved here just to have like a hub where she can be where no one really knows where she is, sure, but has all the ability to do all the things that she wants to do from her business. And it's all here. Like you have programs and platforms that exist in Bentonville, Arkansas, that don't exist anywhere, anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and absolutely. that's, and that's what did it. You have like, I mean, I think Bentonville still fluxes by like 20,000 or it was more at some point in time every day. Yeah. From people coming in for commerce, for the vendors, for just travel. I mean, for mountain we're, biking. We're, we'll be at, yeah, we'll be the mountain bike capital of the world, you know I mean? Soon enough. So it's, You know, it's that mentality, you know, and that's why I connected myself to this building and we talked about it because it's an urban living. I mean, it's urban living. Some of the apartments are 500 square feet geared at the urban individual that like wants to, again, pour their heart and soul and 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 honestly revenue into building these downtowns, building these small communities, supporting local things. So, you know, people ask like, why are you in an apartment complex? I was like, it's not an apartment complex. This is is an urban living facility geared and, and where it's a cohesive partnership. And that's why we do it. So it's very thoughtful in the intention of where the restaurant is, how we're doing, what we're doing. Everything was very, very, very intentional.
0: Well, and that was that was actually the word you you used it. That thoughtful is the word that I was going to use to describe your approach to what you're trying to do here with Conifer and the overarching goal that is happening on a land planning side of things here in Northwest Arkansas in general. You know, I've heard, I've talked to the folks at the Urban Land Institute. I've talked to the good folks at Walton Family Foundation and what right. we're trying to do in this area is to really build Northwest Arkansas thoughtfully. No, absolutely. You know, yeah. and so people that are thinking about coming here, you're not going to come here and find things kind of put together with spit and duct tape. I mean, no. it's, there is a lot of no. thought that goes into it. Do we get everything right? Absolutely not, because no place does. But I think with the expected and anticipated growth. That Northwest Arkansas is going to experience in the next. This is 2022, so in the next 18 years, at the time of recording this, by 2040, when we're supposed to be double the size that we are today from a population standpoint, we'll be ready for it. Well, and that's I think exactly what you just said. Like we're building things
2: for the inevitable growth, right? Instead of like, so it might not even be ready. A lot of these things that that are being built, there's not the capacity even for them to be able to be ready. But we have this unique ability some amazing humans that are, that are pouring their heart and so, soul into this community to be able to, to build these amazing spaces and then wait for the growth to happen. Right. Right. Which is a unique, a very, very unique thing and, and, and a very big part of the success.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm always thankful for all of the different benefactors that are in this area that continue to pour back into the community, Correct, absolutely. which is huge. Yeah. I mean, Walt 100%. family, the Hunt family the Tyson family. I mean, and there's so many other families. Obviously, I'm mentioning the obvious elephants in the room, right? In terms of those individuals, but they really, I mean, they walk the walk and and talk the talk as far as that's concerned. Yeah. And it's
2: reiterated by the community, like this community and the individual people in it that fight every single day to make it a better place to live. I think they encourage that to yeah. happen, yeah, right. Because without without us, and that's like again going back to Conifer. Without without us, individual people like myself, yourself, and then all the other humans that are that are trying to make this a better place, the visibility wouldn't be there for for some of those people to probably want to help do all those things. Sure, you know, sure. Yeah, they have to have a capacity for some type of wanting that growth, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we all want it absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, of course, everybody's going to ask, and this episode is probably going to come out right around the. Launch or opening of this this restaurant, for, but for at that time, let's just assume that people know that the restaurant's open. What are the hours and what are what are the normal days of operation going so, to be?
2: Again, very thoughtfulness into open and thinking about what the hours are going to be because our job and our vision for the restaurant is to complement the existing food scene and all my friends that are chefs and not compete. So we'll be open dinner only Tuesday through Saturday, probably five to ten. We might open earlier, you know, in the, in the warmer months uh, so that people can really encourage and we encourage people to come out on the patio and, and have some appetizers and things like that and enjoy the beautiful outdoor space and the nature and the wind. And I mean, right now, you can even in the space, you can hear the wind going through the trees. It's just I love it. But yeah, so we'll, those will be our hours to start off with. And we might talk about something later, but really to keep it tight. And again, we're trying to create a sustainable model, you know, so we, we probably want to, you know, we're not going to open for lunch, I don't think. Unless something crazy happens, you know, and that's kind of what we want to do. We want to keep it smaller. It is a smaller restaurant. It's a 52 seat restaurant, which is the perfect size for me to be able to like encourage all the people that I want to help grow and be able to pour my heart back into the community and do more things and be able to step away, which is really great. Not that I won't be here 60, 70 hours a week (laughs) anyway, but that's the whole point is to create kind of a smaller model so that we can constantly stay vibrant, you know? Absolutely.
0: Well, the sky is the limit with Conifer, I think, and and, uh, what you guys have planned. I am so excited, not because we're friends, but just because of the potential for a new gathering place here in Northwest Arkansas, specifically in Bentonville. That's right downtown. It's easy to get to. It's easy on, easy off from the highway for those of you that are coming up from the south part of the the Northwest Arkansas area, Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers coming on up here. It's easy to get to in Bella Vista if you're coming down it's a quick ride but uh it's perfectly located and I don't ever think you will be disappointed with any of the food that is served and coming out of this kitchen at this restaurant
2: we hope so everybody makes mistakes <laughs> but uh yeah and, and but that's you know again mistakes are the way to growth right right absolutely so, absolutely so yeah, it gives well, us
0: the opportunity to evolve that's perfect is the website up yet or not yet no nope. uh, okay. right
2: now you can look at at conifer Bentonville uh, is our Instagram that we're putting okay. we're putting our updates and things like that and then you can always Follow myself as well, because I kind of tag both at cooper underscore chef. And we'll be posting things soon. But probably by the time this airs, we should have our our website up and running. And it'll probably be like, you know, Conifer Bentonville or something like that.
0: Yeah. And I'll probably do like a, a quick special video about this location once it's open. And, oh, absolutely. Um, and, yeah. I, and I will be doing some other stuff. And hopefully, I'll get to come and, and try some of the food. And I'll give everybody the lowdown. But I don't think you'll be disappointed by anything that uh, Chef Matt puts in front of you. I think you'll enjoy it. So, Chef, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And it's good to see you And a second time, I love having folks on twice and you're uh, just a part of a small cadre of people that I've had on twice and your story is, it's as good the first time as it is. It It was as good the second time as it was the first time. So, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Well, folks, that's another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit I Am northwestarkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can also subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Remember, our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another new episode of the I Am
1: Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace